Welcome. This is a safe place. Why don't you make yourselves comfortable and have a seat on the couch? This is not quite therapy. Are you comfortable? Hell no, I'm not comfortable. Hey, Brian. Hey, Chrissy. Tell me, how does that make you feel? I don't want to talk about it. Is it going to hurt? Oh my God, this is awkward. I'm not qualified to give advice here, but... Can we sit this close together? This is Not Quite Therapy with Chrissy and Brian, a how-to-do brand show about divorce, dating, and single parenting promised to be packed with awkward moments, insights from a couple cuties with absolutely no professional credentials, but plenty of life experience, and intense sexual innuendo. So much sexual innuendo. Are you ready, Brian? God, Chrissy, I'm going to need a drink. All righty then, let's get started, shall we? Hi, Brian. Hi, Chrissy. How are you? Good. I missed you. I missed you, too. We took a week. We did. We took a week. I think we needed a week. It yeah. was all right. Oh, I certainly needed a week. Yeah. I but... had a lot of pineapples to harvest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of pineapple. Yeah, yeah. In the life of Brian. Indeed. But yes, I'm happy to see you. Yeah, you as well. Um, I thought I would open the show and just say, like, look, everyone. We know that there's a lot of shitty stuff happening in the world right now. We're very, very aware of it. But that's not what this show brings you. This show is here to talk about divorce <laughs> and dating. Other fun topics. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we, our topics are enough. This is all that we can do here. So we're aware of the other things. We're with you on the other things. But we're not going to do that. We're going to try to be somewhat funny and somewhat thoughtful about other topics. Yeah, our job here is to entertain and inform. Right. And uh, we do such a we do fantastic a phenomenal job, job of that. Of that. Yeah. yeah so, so why mess it up with my sloppy opinions on politics anything. and anything else? Anything else? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we'll only talk about what we know. Yeah. Well, let's let's just go ahead and uh, we're going to make a drink. But yes. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to. Spoiler alert, we're already drinking. Yeah, exactly. We already started. But let's yes. uh, let's go ahead and play the let's go ahead and play the let's song do anyways. It. Yeah. Is Wait. it hot in here? Are you parched? I'm parched. How about a drink? How to do cocktails is brought to you by How to Do Life, a podcast about, well, how to do life. You can listen to How to Do Life right here, where you're hearing us now. Or find them on any podcast app. They are literally everywhere. And here's our disclaimer. How to do life right means drinking responsibly and moderately. A drink is not a necessary component to intimate conversations like the one you're about to hear. Here, here, announcer man. Yeah, but it sure doesn't hurt. So. So. Today's drink is a simple yet effective concoction. Why are we having this drink? Well, it is a it is simple because it is celebratory. Today we are having a belated birthday beverage uh, in honor of producer John. Yay! Yay! Happy birthday producer John. 1 Happy. week late. Happy birthday. So we're having his favorite which drink. is bourbon. 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 And uh, there are a number of um, cocktails which can contain bourbon. Um, there are a number of opinions on the degree, the quality of your bourbon should influence the complexity of your cocktail. And so we cut the crap today and just had bourbon in a glass. Bourbon in a glass. What kind of bourbon? This is Noah's Mill. And uh, Noah's Mill bourbon was given to me as a gift um, not many years ago. And what sets it apart is uh, from the outside. It's, in a, it's, it's, it's sold in a, what basically looks like a wine bottle. 
And yeah, uh, it kind of freaked me out. Like yeah. you, t- you told me to go get this, and I walked into the liquor store, and I was like, "Hey, I need this Noah's Mill," and they walked me over to it, and I was like, mm. "That can't be it." Yeah, because it looks like Chardonnay or some sort of yeah, weird right? dessert wine, but it's not. It's a hardcore, intense. Uh, genuine bourbon whiskey handmade in the hills of Kentucky, as the label says. And it's fantastic. It is, um, it's, they make it in small batches and it's smooth and a little bit of sweet and a little bit of caramely flavor. And that's as detailed as my analysis is ever going to get. I find it to be delicious and uh, I'm having mine with an ice cube, as are you. And life is good. For those of our listeners who are How to Do Life fans, they probably are pretty well aware that I don't cook. And I don't make any sort of food product. <laughs> and I made this ice. <laughs> you did. And it is. <laughs> it's a circle. Of... It's a ball. And I should take a picture of this. We should put this up. Um, we should figure it out. Yeah. When we post, when we post uh, the show notes or when we post on the page. Because it is perfect in the glass. Yeah. It turned out it pretty fits fabulous. very well. Yep. Yep. I can't remember who makes these glasses, but they're specifically designed to be whiskey glasses or bourbon glasses. And they're double-walled glass and very fancy, and it makes me feel like a very distinguished gentleman mm-hmm. when I consume a beverage in this glass. Is is the difference between whiskey and bourbon where it's made? Yes. Is so, it Ireland versus Kentucky? No, it's anywhere <laughs> and then Kentucky. Anywhere? So to, any, and then Kentucky? I thought it had to be like... No, bourbon has to be in Kentucky. Oh, bourbon yeah. has to be Kentucky. Bourbon whiskey. But I thought whiskey. Oh, whiskey, whiskey is just all of it. It's the catch-all word. Whiskey is gotcha. For oh, uh, it's scotch. Scotch is like scotch is a, called scotch whiskey. That's the. But uh, isn't scotch only made in Scotland? Scotland. <laughs> You're gonna get me there because I don't know. I, really I feel don't know like. Uh, May I add? Yeah, yes. we, we just both of us just turned and looked at John. Like maybe John he has speaks. some answers. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, bourbon is actually by act of Congress the the only. Spirit declared as the national drink of the United States. Really? Hey, look at that. Hmm. Well, then I'm being patriotic and alcoholic. Look at us. Patriots. <laughs> That's what we are. Patriots. We are cheers patriots. to cheers. our patriotism. Cheers to patriotism. Yes. And cheers to you too, John. Happy birthday, John. How old are you today? Thank you, guys. 36. 36. He's a baby. You don't look a day over he's, 26. Right. He's just a baby. Just Feel a closer baby. to 80. <laughs> well, there you go. You it's, are closer it's, to 80. It's been a week. I know. I know it's been a week, man. Well, I guess um, we're going to get into some foreplay in a minute here, and I just want everybody to know how much trepidation I have about this particular foreplay because I sent Brian the article that we're about to discuss, and I said, can we talk about this? And he replied, yeah, but I'm going to give you a super hard time, and I don't know why, and so let's get into it. Do it. And we'll try to figure it out. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy? Want to fool around? Uh, what are we talking about here? Like, first base? Second base? <laughs> Yikes. I don't think that's what she meant. So The article is titled, Sex Workers Offer to Limit Customers to Two Positions Which Minimize the Risk of Transmitting Coronavirus, to enable brothels to end lockdown in Switzerland. And my comment to this is, have you ever been evaluated to determine if you might be a sex addict? Or unless I misunderstood. Me? The, yes, you. <laughs> because unless I misunderstood the, the purpose of this segment, I, I think we have, we have, and we're like on the fringes of the whole sexuality thing, like sex with conjoined twins and sex in brothels. And, and it's just, it's a lot. Last week, it's it was a, a New York Times modern love column. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. We've only done, this is the fourth episode. 
Is it only four? Yeah. Well, the time flies when you're having fun. Well, I doesn't it? Now, I think that it, having read the article, I think that the the positions they are proposing are would be effective in the um, transmission of some diseases. Now, this did lead me to another thought. Um, if you, I mean, just stay home and take care of it yourself. Like, if you are so, I the, the, who would go to a brothel in the midst of a global pandemic, other than the most desperate degenerate ever? Like, do you do you not have hands? I don't. I don't do you not have the internet? Like, I don't know. I who, like so. Who are these people? But the end of this article, they're talking about. I mean, it says prostitution is legal and regulated, and they're worried that if they don't reopen the brothels, that more forms of illegal activity okay will take hold. And I think that's really interesting. I think this article is interesting from a wide variety of perspectives like first like i don't think that we can even like wrap our heads around legal like this is just like your workplace you just go to work and you wait for your dude. have you ever watched the uh the, the the cat house what's the cat the cat show on hbo okay so there's a oh this is a great thing you should go google this and watch it on Hulu or, or, or you know, PicFlix or whatever you have. Um, there, uh, I think it's called Cat House. And Cat, Cat House? Anyway, it's about a brothel in Las Vegas because prostitution is legal, legal in Nevada. Uh-huh. And they have a regulatory process for STD screenings and other things. And so you can go to a, a, a brothel in Las Vegas, the name of which I am currently forgetting. Um, Cat House, the series. Yeah, that's it. Reality TV yep. show, two yep. series from two se- seasons from 2005. So it's an old show. Yeah, it's an old show. Okay. Yeah. So, but my point is that uh, prostitution exists in the United States. Well, no shit. And it's legal though, <laughs> but it's legal. It's legal and regular. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I just I, I thought it was interesting because I mean, it's not like they're going to like a a bumper factory or a did you, know, you read a, a the- diner to like serve cups of coffee there. Did you read the whole thing? Like, there was a part in there where they were talking about, like, they're going to air out the rooms for 15 minutes in between people and change Seshes. the sheets. And I'm like, shouldn't that be the thing anyway? I kind of want fresh sheets. I, w- I would definitely want fresh sheets no matter what. I like how in the article it does it. So in discussing the positions that would reduce the risk of transmission of virus in water droplets. I think water droplets. That sounds gross, right? right? That sounds yep. gross. Uh, so both, quote, doggy style and quote reverse cowgirl yes allow for uh-huh. the woman to face away from her sexual partner avoiding face-to-face contact i mean that's i love that they put quotes around these two positions as if we don't know what doggy <laughs> style or reverse cowgirl would be i mean but um i feel bad for the people who had never heard those terms and took those quoted <laughs> topics and put them into google and had their minds blown like reverse cowgirl I mean, in particular you yeah. think you think that would be mind-blowing to some to some if you're not familiar with any of those things if you're just a a, a you know a very uh, you know, a, a buttoned-up, straight-laced individual who straight would missionary. Yes, right, right. <laughs> Which is missionary is a funny topic too, because it became called missionary because it was used by missionary is a perfectly good position. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I got nothing wrong with it. I got nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I just yeah, but there. I mean, this is just a funny article on many many levels to me. It raises a lot of different questions. And in fact, the person who sent it to me, which is so funny. It's just funny to me that someone even sent it to me and sent it to me with the comment, you probably want this for your show. That's hilarious. Yeah. Right? A, you are known to your friends. <laughs> it's good to be known. 
it's good to be known, right? And the other thing that I noticed was uh, Swiss sex workers have drawn up a list of rules. Swiss sex workers have organized, and they are well. A, obviously, a, they're organized. They, you know, they're, they're a, a unionized environment, which I think is just hilarious and amazing. I I don't know. Like I said, it was sent to me, and it was sent to me as. Um, you know, you might want this for your show. And then I even received the comment, maybe you want to have like a doctor on to talk about this or something. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. This is fine for just Brian and I, too. We can cover this one. <laughs> We've got this. We can cover this one. We don't, yeah. we don't have any problem yeah. getting getting this topic in order. No. Yeah, I just thought that it was a, an interesting article. I thought it raised a lot of fun questions. Such as? I wanted to talk about just the legalization in general. Of I prostitution? To, I mean, of the the way that, like, the, obviously there were rules beforehand. They had to have rules and regulations for how they were doing it pre-COVID, okay. right? Yep. So I want to know what the differences in these rules are. Like, the part about airing out the room for 15 minutes, to me, that just seems more than reasonable. It also said that everybody should wear masks while they do the things and yeah. i'm like that seems like uh, asphyxiation yeah. it, it, asphyxiation <laughs> what no it's hard to breathe in those masks i hear i haven't actually worn a mask yet but um not for this or anything else <laughs> why do you not care about other people why are you not wearing a mask no i do care about other people but i just, just haven't, not enough to protect them from your droplets no just that i haven't really been in a situation i haven't been in a lot of like indoor environment stuff if i'm at the beach i'm not wearing a mask no but if you've been to like a target not a lot no uh, at all uh, I haven't been to Target in a long time, no. A Publix? A grocery store for those of our international listeners? I order from Bite Squad. You order from Bite Squad three <laughs> meals a day? What do you eat for breakfast? I don't eat three meals. I don't eat breakfast. I don't, I eat like- So you Bite Squad two meals a day? I don't do two meals a day. I need like what? one thing. I need like one thing at my house. I need to go to Publix like once a week. That's it. I am, I have so many questions. So you, <laughs> you have two children. Yeah, well, I go to the store the week that eat? they're there. Okay, but do, what do they eat for breakfast? So you haven't had your children since the coronavirus started? <laughs> no. Okay, I'm so not when saying you... I haven't been to Publix at all. I'm saying I have been to Publix. I don't, I, mean, I don't mean to mask shame you here, but... I feel like you're mask shaming me. I'll be honest. I don't wear it every time I leave the house, but I'm trying to be more respectful. Because I've found that we really got a long way off from brothels here. Yeah. But... But uh, mask- but we did we got there from brothels. We mask- said masks in brothels. Yeah, to masks but in public. So mask- it's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> mask shaming is a real thing. No, it really is. Yeah, like I catch eyes when I go to the public's like produce department and I don't have something over my face and I'm handling the you know the tomatoes, so to speak. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I yeah. So I think you wear your mask. You know, be a be a good guy and wear a mask. I wonder when they're going to give us permission not to wear a mask. I don't know. I wonder when they're like. Don't we have, like, movie theaters and stuff are open now. Are they? Uh, I think it was yesterday. Are they limiting seating? They would have yeah, to Yeah, 50% capacity or something. Okay. So we just keep opening stuff. I think, I don't think anybody really knows what's going on anymore or what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Or, I do know that I have to wear a mask when I get on an airplane in a couple of days. Like, and it's, when it's you, required. Like, when you, you go, just have to. And when you go reverse cowgirl on yes. a customer in Switzerland, yes. you should also wear a mask. Uh, that's what I've been told. <laughs> yeah. That's part of the guidelines. Gotcha. As far as I know. Yes. All right. Do you just want to move on? Should we just be done? We can. Okay. I just think do, that... Do you um, have more to say? You look like you're pensive. No, I am. I just, I wonder what other countries are doing in this regard. I wonder if, you know, there's just so many questions. Like these, these topics always bring about more questions than they do answers, which I think is part of the fun. Right. It but, doesn't make um, me a sex addict because I ask no, them. No, certainly <laughs> not. 
<laughs> I'm not sure that was exactly the thought that crossed my mind. I should have taken a note. I need to take better notes of my thoughts that, as they occur to me because I'm not sure that was the exact thought that I wanted to you know, broach on the air But with that's you. what you did. But that's what I came up just now. Congrats. I don't, I don't think Wonderful. You, I Terrific. Don't, I, I don't think you're a sex addict. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm whispering. Now. John's going to be like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, Let, so. You know what, John? Let's, let's just move on. Okay. Let's just move on. Hey, Brian. Help. Yes, Chrissy. I think I'm ready now. So you want to get this off your chest? Let's get down and dirty, babe. It is right. 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 Okay. The foundation of the foundation of this very program is you and sexual innuendo. Like, it's not let, me. Let the, it's, it's, whoa, whoa! Time out! Time out! Let the audience in on a little secret here. When I was given the lines to read for those, you, I was fed lines and I had no oh, creative input. Oh, this is input. such bullshit, everyone. Uh, That's uh, absolute garbage. I don't know. Like Brian's not on board. I don't know. Oh, like I'm you, on board. You were coerced. I was not coerced, but I was not the creative force that came up with the uh, the the content there. Anyhow, that's not what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> you and your rampant sexaholism. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, Let's talk about what we're supposed to be talking about. Yes, which is? Which is who we are post-divorce. So today is the last day of the divorce arc of what we're talking about. Yep. Next week we get to talk about dating, which I'm sure there'll be lots of sex in that. So yay. Yay we sex. Can go there. Yay sex. Um, so we're going to talk about who you became post-divorce. Um one question that I wanted to ask that wasn't part of our original set of questions, but sure. we kind of chatted about it a little bit, is did you do anything or change any um, behaviors when you were, like, going through your divorce or newly divorced? Was there anything that you did to, like, kind of make that transition? Like, did you start a new activity or did you join a new place or did you in some way do something out of the ordinary or to help bridge from being a married person to a non-married person? Um, yes and no. I mean, I had always been or tried to be physically active, but I did get a lot more, I hate to use the word religious, but I got a lot more religious about going to the gym Mm -hmm. because it was an outlet for, you know, anxiety and, and stress and, um, aggression and it was a group of people who who I didn't carry all of my baggage into mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't judge me for that just judged me on my on my you know bad lifting technique and things like that <laughs> but um yeah so I, I probably got more active and in, in the gym and that's mostly because uh, other parts of my life sort of fell away or were, were taken away I feel like a lot of people do that um when they're getting close to divorce or when they're newly divorced, they go through a major physical change. Yeah, if you're married and it's rocky, and let's be honest, if you're married and it's rocky, then you probably know it's rocky, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden your partner joins the gym or starts tanning right. or starts tanning a lot, mm-hmm. heads up. Starts, starts trying to look different. Right. <laughs> I mean, I will tell you that... What about you? Well, I mean... Before we go there, let, let me finish this thought on. <laughs> okay. So I had a weight loss surgery in 2015. Oh, which one? I had a gastric sleeve surgery. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and That's heavy duty. Yeah, 
It was. I mean, I've lost more than 100 pounds. Yeah, you told me that, yeah. but I didn't know the method by which you did it, and it was none of my business, so I, I mean, never that's asked. not, like, the only method. Obviously, you have to sure. do a lot of other changes, too. But when I had that surgery, and I, I've talked about this on the other show, I had to go through, like, a, a counseling thing. You know, they don't yeah. just let you just go in yeah, and yeah, get yeah, a yeah. surgery. It's you have to, like, talk to people, health. make yeah. sure that you're fairly mentally put together, you know? Stable and, enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you, and you passed, huh? I did. That's great. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um... <laughs> She's going to kill me. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'll wait till the show's over. I mean, at least we'll finish taping. Hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I remember that part of it was they were like, you know, a lot of people get divorced after this surgery. Like 80% of people get divorced after this surgery. Jeez. And I remember saying to the woman, because I knew way back then, I remember being like, this marriage isn't going to make it anyways. Like, and I think that, I don't know if it's subconsciously, maybe a little bit consciously. I don't know. I don't know exactly how it all shakes out, but I do know that people often, when they're going through like an emotional change or you know a, a life shift in any way, they also go through a major physical change. And I do think that part of that is in preparation for looking for a new partner and being, you know, like when you see people getting in shape and getting ready to like. You're right. That's an indicator. It's funny that, when I go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say it's funny what you say that because, I mean, I don't think that that's a conscious, for a lot of people, I don't think that's a conscious thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can certainly see that in retrospect. But the, um, I was, uh, I get, you know, 50 points if I mention CrossFit on the air, but I do CrossFit. And I, um, if I get another 100 Can points, we get some sponsorship here? I, I don't a, want you getting your 50 points. We I need get some a, money. I get a free toaster <laughs> if I mention it two more times. But anyway, so um, I mentioned to somebody, I was on a work trip and there was a, a, a gym nearby that I went and dropped in on. And when I got back to the uh, hotel and we were at dinner that night, I mentioned to somebody that I had found a gym and this guy asked me, do I go, do I do CrossFit? And I said, yeah. And he says, me too. And he says, yeah. He says, I used to go to one of those um, get abs, get divorced gyms. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> that's a thing. Like you, 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 so that's like a, apparently that's a, a, a well-known sort of scenario in that, in that world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I certainly, I don't know. I think like loving yourself and making yourself a priority, um, is, you know, I think that one of the most, the most tangible, and attainable ways to do that is your physical health. Yeah. And like I, I did some things that I probably should have been doing anyway. Like I, you know, stopped eating a lot of sugar and right. I, you know, I mm-hmm. watched what I put in my mouth all the time and I was as active as I should have been and all of those things. So yeah, I think that would be it. You know, I think other people would, might like join a club or take up a hobby or, or, you know, start attending church or stop attending church or whatever the case might be. But yeah, there's, um, physically I did change a bit, um, from, from my least healthy to today, for sure. I mean, and I kind of did the same thing in, in a different roundabout way. But when I um, separated from my ex-husband, I did the Camino de Santiago, which is a 550-mile hike. So, Woof. Yeah. I, and you know what? I It was, uh, to me, the best gift that I ever gave myself but also the best gift that he ever gave me because he kept my children for six weeks so oh, that wow, I could okay. go do this um, and I it's it's really did quite you the, did you do the whole thing? Oh yeah I did the whole thing plus the extension out to wow. the coast so for me it didn't end at the church in Santiago for me I needed to walk to the ocean you know I needed, yeah. to, I needed to do the extra four day extension because you're extra because I'm extra exactly it's like yeah. 18 miles a day you, pound, you, pound, you pound well you know what miles. you know what's funny Brian is I um 
had never like converted my kilometers to mileage. Uh-huh. Um, and I did maybe a month or two ago. Uh-huh. And I found out that in the first, I think it was five or six days, I had walked over a hundred miles. Whoa. And I was like, damn. Like, and, and I was talking to my older sister about it. And she said, you had to be in like a really special state of mind to just like, I literally got up and I walked sun up to sundown. Wow. I woke up, I put boots on. I walked until two or three in the afternoon. I stopped and like got a snack. And then I walked until, you know, dusk. And then I went to sleep and then I got up and did it again the next day. Where do you sleep on that trail? You, um, you basically walk town to town. So what's nice about it is you don't have to carry, um, a ton of food and you don't have to carry like a sleeping bag, but not like a tent, you know? So, um, but yeah, it was, um, it was a journey that was fun to do, but was a lot of the people who are doing this, some people are doing it for exercise. Some people are doing it, you know, to challenge themselves. But a lot of people are doing it because they're severely broken. Yeah. You know, so you meet a lot of interesting people and you meet a lot of people who are ready to tell their story. Yeah, I And bet. You, you bond very, very quickly. I felt like I was out there for two years. My cousin you know? did it. The really? Same. Yeah, she did. Yeah? She did the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, her name was Melanie. So if you mm-hmm. had an American girl named Melanie, I don't know what year she did it, but uh, mm-hmm. she was, you know, she did it and she crushed it. And, you know, yeah, she has amazing stories to tell. It, it is a really, it, it's it's a cool thing to do. And the sad part is I really think that my ex-husband, when he like gave me his airline miles for the flight to do it, I think he thought that I was going to come back. Recommitted. Yeah. Having found yourself and yeah. you know, worked it out of your system, whatever I, it was. And I did come back hmm. with clarity yeah. yeah but you know i knew that I, it just wasn't the right place for me you know yeah. but it definitely sparked a new interest for me i love hiking i yeah, do awesome. and, and my kids and i both have when the summers when they are 16 we both have very long hikes planned so nice. with my daughter we're going to do a hike in italy okay um, it's about a 350-mile hike. And then um, my son and I are going to do a hike in Japan. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, 88 temples. We're going to go to oh, 88 wow. different temples, um, which I think is pretty cool. You know, yeah. like So it definitely sparked a new thing. But I would like to do it again, and I would like to do it in a different state of mind because I definitely went – I don't know if like looking for answers is the right thing, but I went because I needed a break from my regular life. I needed a big point of transition. Sure. And it definitely gave me that, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I wish I had some sort of really cool spiritual, physical experience. But you're just not as cool as me. No, that's never been the case. Listen, I give up on that ages ago. (laughs) But um, so, yeah, that's awesome. Let's talk instead about like, so you got divorced. What changed in like your friendships and your relationships and oh like how you felt about yourself? Oh boy. Well, that's like a, that's a that's a lot of questions. That's a show in and of itself. Friendships, um, friendships, more or less vanished. Um, my like your core group of people disappeared. Changed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's you know that's unfortunate. But so I my ex wife and I were very involved with a local church. And uh, if there's one thing that you should know about um, sometimes some churches is that, you know, divorce apparently, I've learned after the fact, is sort of the mother of all, the mother of all sins, Mm -hmm. if you will. And um, 
It's like there's an 11th commandment that says thou shalt not Did she get stay divorced. at that church? Uh, no, neither of us did. Interesting. Um, yeah, so it's not as if she has this core group of church ladies who brought them brought her under their wing and said it's okay it'll be all right um you know i think they i I won't speak to the ladies um yeah my 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 best friend in life the guy i would have called at three o'clock in the morning if my house was on fire i haven't spoken to him since december of 2018 yeah and that was when he called me to see if i would help him you know pick up a christmas present for his kid does it change your perception of faith or of mm. church communities, or does it just change your perception of the individuals? It, oh gosh, that is, man, I am really, I, I saw a bumper sticker once and it used to drive me crazy because I was a pretty, I was, I still am I, 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 a believer. I, I am a, I'm a Christian for mm-hmm. those of you in the audience who that offends. I apologize. Um, I shouldn't apologize, whatever. No. But, um, but yeah, I used to see bumper stickers that said, you know, Jesus, I love you, but your followers make me crazy. All right. You know, I can't stand your followers or words to that effect. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's, I, I give God a big pass on the behavior of human beings who right. are, f- who are f- um, fouled up and imperfect and all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't, uh, you know, it's maybe changed my opinion of that particular church because mm-hmm. some of the people, that I would count as friends who have since cut off all communications um, were church leadership people, you know, and and I won't get into the denomination or anything else that would, that would lead you to draw conclusions, but um, you know, church leadership, you know, lay people, but who were called to leadership positions in the church, um, you know, sent me very sort of cold emails after the fact and, and, you know, cut me off from certain social circles and, and just sort of, you know, I, it's the closest thing I can figure what excommunication must feel like. Because mm-hmm. for 20 years, not 20, 20 years, for we started we started at that church when we got engaged. And my, so for 17 years, mm-hmm. um, we built friendships and our kids built friendships. And, you know, we invested in that church. I was in leadership there. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we got divorced. And now all of those people just sort of vanished. So it does suck. You know, a couple of them still check on me from now and again. Like, how you doing? You want, want to go to lunch? Yeah, it's fine. But, like, you know, I will never be invited to the 4th of July party anymore. I will never be invited to the, you know, Christmas party anymore. Um, and so, you know, I think what sucks the most is that there's two things. I figured that friendships transisted, you know, trans, um, transcended, mm-hmm. um, you know, relationships, you know, and then my kids, my kids consequently lost, largely lost friends too, which yeah. sucks. That's really hard. Yeah. I think that, I mean, whether it's a spiritual home or any other place that you were part of a unit that your divorce hurts your children. That's yeah. really, really hard on people. And that was really, really hard on me. My my divorce brought about the end of some friendships that were very, very strong that my kids aren't friends with those kids anymore. And I felt like I robbed my son yeah. of his best friend. Yeah. And that's a really heavy burden to carry as a For parent. For sure. Yeah. For sure. That, that sucks. sucks. That sucks. That sucks. <laughs> that sucks. But yeah, you know, it, what the other thing it did was it exposed to me a false sense of security and what I thought friendships were. Right. I, I thought that I had close friends. 
Mm-hmm. I thought that I had a group of people who would have my back no matter what, quote unquote, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then what came around and they decided no. I mean, I got an email from a guy that said, you know, you know my situation and I won't get into the details. But, um, you know, the email said words to the effect of, you know, based on your decision to leave your family. You and didn't I'm, leave your family. And I've said. You divorced if, your wife. I said, if that's what you think happened. Right. Like, that's insane. Like mm-hmm. that's. And like, and this is a guy that was fairly plugged in and knew right. what was knew what was going on. And I mean, you're a hell of a dad. And I think that whenever somebody brings into question your ability to maintain being a good parent because you are no longer a partner to those children's mother, yeah, or other parent, other other person, yeah. you know, that like, yeah, that that sucks. That sucks, and that that definitely hurts. That definitely yeah. hurts. So, like, yeah. you know, I and I'm not even like I haven't been to enough. Going back to our previous episode, I haven't been to enough therapy to fully process how I feel about all that. Right. So I have mm-hmm. very sort of, I say immature, but only in the sense that they're not fully developed and they haven't been fully like washed through my emotional system. Like the truest definition of immature. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have very immature feelings on a lot of that. I still mm-hmm. carry a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. towards the guy that wrote that email yeah the, the best friend who has dropped me i mean like mm-hmm. i saw him in the parking lot of costco and he was like hey how's it going and i was like oh you're alive like wow that's yeah that's I'm really like, hard you know now do you feel like some of those quote losses weren't losses absolutely which is the other thing that really drives me crazy is that i I, I, I just, you know, I'm understanding why maybe my parents had so few um, friends when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And my parents hung out with their siblings and my dad's brothers all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have more memories of my dad and mom. My parents are divorced, but I have more memories of them hanging out with, like my mom hung out with a best friend, mm-hmm. like her ride or die. Aunt, I call her Aunt Jill. She's not. Right. She's not my aunt, but mm-hmm. whatever. And then my dad, we hung out with his brothers. Mm-hmm. And then when he got remarried, she, his new wife, my dad's new, my dad's new wife, my stepmom came with a couple of core friends, and that was it. Like, and you know what? And, I, some of that I think just comes with growing up and getting older. We do kind of narrow. Yeah. Our, we, I think part of it is that we don't care as much as we once did about being seen as fabulous to everyone you know like when you're when i was like in high school i wanted everybody to think i was nice i wanted everything was great and now i don't I, I don't care i don't care you like me you don't like me whatever like see you, i still i will still sit here and admit to you that i have a uh, an issue with that where yeah. i i have to i don't have to i you do i really <laughs> like being liked and i sort I of i affectionately mm-hmm. refer to myself as a golden retriever because yeah, that's just kind of what i am bit. like i want i'm a bit of a people You're pleaser a people pleaser for sure and yeah. um i don't like disappointing people or hurting people i don't there like, are many times that when I'm talking to you, I'm like, I don't want you to do this because you think it'll make me happy. I only to, want you to do this if you want to do it. Up to and including this show. I mean, like, you asked me <laughs> right. if I wanted to do this, and I was like, uh, I don't know. I mean, what's the worst that happen? Sure, let's do it. And, I feel you know, like I outlined all of the cons for you, you, you more did. than I like. You did. Because I was like, look, if you don't want to do it, like, don't do it to make me happy. Yeah. Don't do it to make me happy. Yeah, like, yeah. Because I know you a little bit and right. i know that you'll do things right. to make the people in your life happy and i you know? you know and i um i am trying my best to to get over that yeah but that takes that's a hard work, lesson man. That's like, tons of work I just yeah I, and i want my kids to have good memories of 
of their interactions with my friends. Like by the time my dad right. was about my age, he would have that he and my stepmom would have friends over and I have great memories of hanging out and socializing with adults. Mm-hmm. And um, right now my kids aren't making those memories necessarily right. because I don't have many close friends who I, yeah. who come over and hang out. I get that. Um, and that sucks. I will say that like a proud moment for me was last year um, close to my birthday my kids asked me if they could call a girlfriend of mine and if she could take them shopping for my birthday. Like, oh, funny! They wanted they wanted to go get something for me, and they said and they didn't ask your da- your ex husband. They didn't no, want to do it with no, no, dad. No. I mean, I don't know if they wanted to do it with dad or not, but they wanted to get what they That's wanted so to cool. get, and they wanted to go with this girlfriend. And I thought it was especially cute that my son was like, "No, I just want to hang out with her. I think she's cool, and I I just I think we should go with her." And I'm like. That's really, really cool. And I called her and I felt a little weird, you know, like to, to call your friend and be like, my kids really want to go shopping with you for my yeah. birthday. I'm like, I will give you money. Right. You know, obviously, like I'll give you 80 bucks or whatever. And it was honestly fun for all of them. Right. And that was that was neat. Like, I thought it was cool that I had a friend that they were like, you know, we like her. She's cool to us. And, you know, like, I, I do feel like friendships like that are, are really special. And I do feel like also, like, I have a neighbor who's a good, good friend of mine. She's just lovely. But we don't talk to each other all the time. Yeah. I think that when you become adults, like, friendship looks different than, like, when you're young, friendship looks like you're together all the time, you do things together constantly, you know, you see each other every day at school or whatever, and then you become adults, and you can have a strong, solid friendship, but you might go a month without speaking. See, and I would say that my my former, in my former life, my adult friendships were much more childish in that respect. Right. We used mm-hmm. to do things every weekend, mm-hmm. and if we didn't get a phone call that the Joneses and the Smiths were hanging out right. without us, we mm-hmm. felt left out. And right. we felt like it was very high school. I get which that. Which makes me think that like maybe, A, they weren't real good friendships. And because we and, and B, maybe we were uh, emotionally stunted in some way, or I was anyway, because mm-hmm. I hate feeling left out. Like, gosh, if I found out that my three best guy friends went to lunch together and didn't, People I and they didn't call they didn't you. Didn't call me. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man. But now that's every day. Like I got a, I got a um a secondhand text uh, a a friend who's remained a friend. I have like one, two guy friends who I go to the gym with, and that's how we've maintained contact. Uh, they sent me a secondhand you know text that was copied and pasted, and it was based on some some local news that was relevant at the time. And they said, hey, this is from so and so. Um, you know, thought you might want to see it. And it was apparent that it had gone out to a big group of guys and that he just, and Aww, I was left off of, I was left that. off of the big group mm-hmm. and, and they copied and pasted it to me because they was irrelevant to my life. But yeah, like, you know, friendships are hard, man. Friendships yeah. are hard. And then like making friends when you're 42, that sucks too. Cause I feel like most well, people I want to be friends with are already in their groove and they've got their friends and I what think, do they want to add one more for? I think that how you feel is how everybody feels. But I also think that a lot of people are constantly in transition. I think that it's not like if, if unless you live in like the high school town that you grew up in and you're still friends with the exact same people that you were friends with and you when you were 15 or 16 years old, then I think that a lot of people are constantly looking for a new group 
of friends and they don't they don't necessarily say so i think it takes someone a little more forward to say like i'm looking for someone new in my life you know but but i i, I don't think that it's necessarily that everybody is in their groove i think that a lot of people aren't in their groove yeah you know? for sure uh, and you know it's the other thing i've i'm trying to remind myself of constantly is that everyone is just trying to figure this crap out right like everybody that's what i was trying to say you just said it in like four words and yeah. it took me 87 <laughs> words so good job brian male female i use what one fifth of the words you do on an average day is that probably yeah. there's a statistic think, like if we were to analyze our text messages i think oh that... yeah no no you will let rip with a paragraph <laughs> and i'll write three words back and it captures, and it, yeah, captures my and response it's fine yeah yeah jeez <laughs> so yeah i mean i i you know if anybody's out there i would love to be your friend <laughs> I'm looking for friends, looking friends, especially some dude friends. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. I have tons and tons of questions. I feel like we're going to go long. This is what we always do. Yeah. Let it rip. We do. Um, but let's uh, let's do like one more. What do you know about yourself now that you wish you knew about before, like when you were still married? I think I'm getting a better picture of my worth good and uh that i don't have to put up with uh less than what i deserve yeah and i would think i would tell that to anybody like in life i don't care what situation you're in like you need to understand your worth mm -hmm. and uh, so that's a big thing um and then another thing would be i mean we could unpack that for an hour um I won't bore you with details, but the other thing I would say is that I've got um, more awareness, <clears throat> more awareness and a willingness to act on uh, what I observe to be as red flags. Yeah, and I think that that's a hard lesson to learn because I think that you um, started dating your ex-wife when you were really young. Yeah, I 21. Started, yeah, 21. I started dating my ex-husband when I was 20. Yeah, so we were very young, and you... Like, there were things really, really, really early that if I would have been paying attention and if I wouldn't have been in such a, yay, love is finally here kind of mindset that maybe I would have reacted differently. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that starts with self-awareness and, yeah, and self-worth. Because if mm -hmm. my self-esteem, I think, I feel like really like, you know, the kind of, um, you know, emotional background check that we want people to go through to get guns these days. I think we should have to apply for our marriage licenses <laughs> and you should have to well, pass did, some didn't sort you, of Did like, you have to go to like church? I had to, I had to go like counseling. I had I had one meeting. My uncle married us. My oh, uncle yeah. was an Episcopal priest and mm -hmm. uh, he married us. Um, we did not attend an Episcopal church locally, so don't get any ideas. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, so we had like basically one meeting with my uncle. And, like, we had a chat and had a talk, and he was like, yeah, you guys are good. We uh, had to go to, like, a counseling process with the woman who was going to marry us. And we ended up getting married in a church that was neither of our churches. Mm. It was a church in the town where he grew up that basically I, like, went and scouted churches there because we were going to get married in his hometown because right. it was nicer than my hometown. <laughs> 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 and... um we found this woman and she was lovely and she made us like fill out all these questionnaires and do all this stuff. And I do remember a few things that she was like, well, how are you guys going to deal with this? Like he, I, I remember specifically him saying, 
that he didn't enjoy the way my sisters and I interacted with one another, that we were, um, we were close and we were silly and we were bawdy and we were like, it was embarrassing to him the way that we were affectionate and teasing toward one another. Like it bothered him. And I remember being like, but that's okay. <laughs> it's, cool. It. it's cool that you don't like my family. That seems fine. <laughs> right. And it's funny because like looking back, one of my sisters was a big, big fan of him. And my other sister never, 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 never was. Oh, wow. And like now she's always like, I told you. <laughs> oh, see, that's the worst. You can't worst. Be bad. worst. Don't be an I told you so, <laughs> especially about divorce. So. We're already beating ourselves up enough. Right. Don't be an I told you so. Um, but yeah, I think that if we, you know, like, again, like I was, I was so young and out of touch with who I was right. as a person that I'm not mm-hmm. sure any amount of premarital counseling or therapy would have, right. would have slowed down that train at all because I felt so little for myself that mm-hmm. I felt fortunate to have someone pay any attention to me and keep me around for a while. I got to tell you, it makes me happy to hear you say that you like value yourself more because I... I like in knowing you sometimes I see you be like I don't know I mean I guess this is fine like and and it's not fine like fine isn't fine like (laughs) it's better than fine is what we need you know and I like that I'm proud of you I'm proud of you Brian Super well, proud thank of you. you. Well, thank you. I also had uh, a, a sad thing happen this past year. I don't want to get too heavy, but I had a uh, someone who was glowing, growing to be a closer friend of mine. We weren't quite there yet, mm-hmm. but we were close enough that I would have said, I want to invest more of my life in that guy. Mm-hmm. And before I could and before I could really dig my hands into the, the dirt of what his life was all about, mm-hmm. he committed suicide. And yeah, and he was the smiley, happy-go-lucky, life of the party guy who probably would have on most days told you that everything was hard, but everything was fine. Wow. And so that word, that fine, I I, I hate that word now. Yeah. Uh, It's it it is it is a more offensive four-letter F word than than any other I can Mm -hmm. think of because fine is just code for I don't want to talk about it. And so when people ask me now how I'm doing and the answer is not fine, the answer is I'm dealing with crap, I've got crap in my life, mm-hmm. then I'm just going to tell them that. I'm, I'm dealing with hard hard stuff and I don't know how to get through it and today has been really hard and whatever. So, um, And that's kind of yeah. what I was saying to you on the last episode that I always appreciate your honesty. I appreciate that you I, – I think you're learning to be open and I think that it's a hard lesson for all of us. For sure. So, place that we are yeah well we could talk about this stuff all day yeah, obviously for sure for sure as, as usual what but, about you like what friendships for you after the divorce you you lost some you gained some yeah i um i feel like my social circle really changed i feel like uh the people i lost were people that i should have lost yeah like i feel like they were people that maybe i formed relationships with as a part of a couple because, you know, like all the guys are friends and all the girls are supposed to be friends. Yeah. And everybody's just supposed to get along because this group came together somehow, however this group came to be. Right. You know, and sometimes it was the wrong people for me. And sometimes it was people whose maybe values didn't align with mine or yeah. maybe their heart didn't align with mine yeah. in any way. And I... 
Gosh. stayed a part of that group because that's where I was supposed to be. I think about some of the stuff our country is facing today and some of the opinions expressed by some of those people that I quote unquote lost. Mm-hmm. And it's probably okay that I lost them. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like that. And like, I feel like a lot of the women in the groups that I was in were only friends because all of the guys were friends. And the guys were friends because they all like to play golf and smoke cigars or whatever. And the girls were friends because we were married to these people or yeah. like whatever. And like, but it was superficial, 100%. Yeah. Like it yeah. wasn't really that like I wake up in the morning and I really care about this person and they're like their right. heart is close to mine and we really share a lot of things. It was more, you know. Well, this is where we go on Fridays, and this right. is who we hang out with. This is what you we know, do. Saturdays yep. on game day, and this yeah. is who you know has paid to be in the skybox, or this is who has you know like. So, I mean, it it wasn't relationships built. It was relationships built on a good time, yeah, and not on and not even a good time really, because when you wake up like every Sunday morning and you got to all get together to recap what happened Saturday night and like figure yeah. out did anybody piss anybody else off, like what happened, you know, like that's not. Yeah. That's not friendship. That's yeah. not, you know. So yeah. I, don't, I guess I don't miss any of it. I don't miss any of it. Yeah. I pretend I don't miss it, but I do. Yeah. Uh, you know, I miss the I miss the the sort of the carefree good times that came with hanging with some of those people and I miss having a plan. I miss having something to do. You know, you sit home on, you know, on your second or third Friday night in a row and you're like, "Eh, kind of wish that old, you know." Yeah. You know, what's his face would text me and tell me to bring some burgers over and we just cook out. Yeah, that is nice. I I don't get those calls anymore. I definitely understand that. Like Memorial Day happened a few, what, two weeks ago? Whatever. Who knows? Who knows how long ago? (laughs) We have no idea. But yeah, like, and it made me think about Memorial Day's past where like somebody shows up with this and somebody else shows up with that and everybody jumps in the pool and the kids do this and this dad gets in and throws the kids around. And, you know, like, yeah. So I, I definitely, I do understand that. But all in all, I'd say that. I'm happier and it's better today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm figuring out how to make it okay in my yeah. own head, but you know, we'll get there. I'll get there eventually. Yeah. I feel like we got to wrap it up, friend. Probably so. Yeah. Maybe this is kind of a depressing episode. <laughs> Yay! Everybody smile. Everybody smile. Everybody be happy. Everybody be glad that we found our place, even if we're still finding our place. Yeah. We, we aren't in the wrong place anymore. Yeah. Even for sure. have we not perhaps found the perfect place to be yeah and and um be open to the possibility that something different even though in the short term something different might feel painful that something different can be better that's right and um and you know the grass isn't always greener on the other side of the fence Mm -hmm. but uh, if the grass you're standing on is is brown then it's okay to to explore right alternatives good job brian thanks well i'm glad i got to see you today same to you Let's uh let's play the outro, John. Let's be done with it. Wrap until it up. Until next time. Well, that's all the time we have for You're today. Always say until next time. Would anyone like a tissue? I'm fine. We're fine. Everything, Everything is, is fine. fine. Got a question for Chrissy and Brian? Connect with Not Quite Therapy on Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out How to Do Life, too, on all these platforms and on the podcast app of your choice. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy? That was kind of fun. I think I need another drink. Whew, those two are special. (laughs)